Welcome back to the Bash Mania podcast. This is episode 190, 10 away from 200 already. I am your host, as always, Justin Bash. And today, two-time NCAA champion Austin O'Connor from the University of North Carolina is hopping back in the podcast. If you've been around here for a while, you probably remember Austin was on a couple of years ago after winning his first national championship, episode 119. Give that a listen if you want more Austin after this episode. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Attack. Download the Attack app on the Apple App Store, or Google Play Store today, and be sure to follow them on social, ATAC.app. They're an app to help you level up as an athlete with mental, physical, nutritional aspects. There's no app like it. Join the fine folks at Attack today. Lastly, before we dive into our conversation with Austin, be sure to like and subscribe to Bash Mania wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rockfin. Wherever. And I always appreciate when people are leaving reviews and sending their love for the podcast, tagging us in your tweets. It all helps keep things moving and is much appreciated. If you're new around here, go back and listen to our past shows. We've had over 60 or 70 NCAA, NAIA, World, Olympic champions, tons of great conversations to dive into. With that said, let's dive into today's conversation. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do? What Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We're back. Austin O'Connor is back in the podcast. How are you, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. It was fun having you on a couple of years ago after you won. And I kind of went through and I skimmed through that episode because it's funny, you know, the journey you've had since then, ups and downs. And I actually want to kind of pick up right where we left off. You know, you were on here in 2021. You won a national championship. And then fast forward a year. You end up having to medical forfeit out of the 2022 NCAA tournament. Let's mm-hmm. back up before this year. What was going on last year at the end of the season? Uh, last year, I just two weeks before uh, ACC tournament, partially tore my ACL and then uh, went into that tournament already banged up, kind of tore it a little bit more. And then by the end of NCAAs, I pretty much messed up everything in my knee. <laughs> it's funny because I've known Ramos for a long time. And I, I know him pretty well to, to see what gets really excited. And I remember being on press row like it was yesterday. And when you won that last match to lock in All-American status before you had to forfeit the rest of the tournament, Ramos and Coleman looked like you just became an Olympic champ. I mean, they were just like their emotions were so high. And it was so cool to see because it means so much. For you, how important was it last year battling through adversity and the injury to achieve All-American status? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, it got to the point in the season where you just kind of already know that um not going to be able to get a medical at that point. So it's either just finish it out or just kind of forfeit your season. And uh, just going into it, I was like, no, I'm, I'm ready to do this. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get back on that podium. Um, even if I'm not wrestling to the best of my ability, I know I'm still better than the majority of the guys in the country. So uh, just kind of willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And once you all American, is it kind of like that box is checked, like despite injury, despite this adversity, like 
I'm an all American lock that in. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at the time too, uh, we had that COVID year. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I'm going to be the only five time NC, uh, all American and, uh, UNC history. So I mean, that was a feat I wanted to accomplish and I was able to do. After the season ends, you have that great achievement. What's the perspective like getting back to a healthy you? You obviously, you know what you're capable of. We've all seen what you're capable of. I mean, you won a national championship the year before. What was battling through that adversity like postseason to get back to where you need to be for this year? Yeah, it was a tough journey. Um, I just kind of got in. And like I said, I already knew that I had my ACL torn before the season was over. So um, I knew I had another year of eligibility. And I was kind of already thinking, all right, like, might not get what I want of being a national champion again this year. We'll just, we'll go out and see how the tournament goes. But after taking a loss in the ACC finals, I was like, I just really want to make the stand. So um, I already had the surgery set up. It was in place before the season ended. Got that surgery set up, just got in with my weightlifting coach, my trainers, and just kind of just grinded throughout the the whole off season, just getting my knee where it needed to be so I'd be ready for season. Um yeah, like I said, I was I was willing to do anything it takes to get back to the top. So, um, I mean, it was it was a tough road back, but uh, trainers, coaches, and it just gave me anything I need really, and uh, helped me get to where I was needed. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because I mean, you've been all over that podium. I think you were third, first, eighth, and first, which yeah. is such a plus a you know a cancellation there in the middle that a lot of UNC fans right away say automatically you would have been a three-time champ. They don't even question it. They just say you would have been a three-time champ. Um, Did this season feel different? Like, did this season, when you come back off injury, you you have that unique feeling of being at the top of the podium. Mm -hmm. You say you do anything to get back to the top of the podium. What was that feeling like to be there once and then not be there because injury and then want to get back there again, you know, kind of doing whatever it takes to get there. I mean, nobody really understands what it like it's like to be a national champ unless you've done it before. And uh, everybody always wants to get there to experience that feeling. And it's one of the best feelings you could ever experience. And I think once I won it the first time, I was more hungry to win it again. So, I mean, I was training as hard as I could and 57 made it a little bit easier bumping up in weight because I didn't really have to focus on the weight cut as much. So I literally just focused on all my technique and just getting better. And uh, I felt like I was in a great position leading up into that tournament or until I tore my ACL. But uh, yeah, I, I was hungry to get my second NCAA title. And like I said, I was able to get on the podium that year with that, but done battling back and I, I wanted to chase down that feeling again and uh i mean this year i wanted to go for the hodge too i knew going in that i could be a strong contender for that i just tore up uh everybody on the backside and placed eighth with the torn acl so i knew at full strength nobody in the country was going to be able to beat me so i wanted to prove a point and try to get as much bonus points as i could yeah, for sure. And we're going to talk about the Hodge in a few minutes. Before we get there, you know, you did look so dominant this year. You had great wins over Ed Scott, Will Luan, uh, multiple over Bryce Andonian. I think you majored him one of the times you wrestled. And 
nobody, I don't think, will argue that the most impressive win of the season was the Levi Haynes match. You know, Levi Haynes was a true freshman on a tear all year. And this year, you know, it feels like you, from a distance, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you kind of zoned everything out, tuned everything out, and wanted to be the most dominant athlete you could. And you did that. You were pretty dominant all season. What do you think helped you with that dominance the most? Um, I think it's just always been my wrestling style. I think some experience of being in college for six years this year has helped me as well. But, um, I mean, just my mindset of going and attacking. And I've kind of opened up my offense a little bit too. A lot of the times when I first got to college, I was stuck with my front headlock. And sometimes I'd get in there and just kind of forget to shoot just because I'm falling <laughs> on these guys' head. So after a while, I knew I could open them up if I threw in some fakes, snap, and then shoot. So um, I think that helped me become more dominant. And then um, I just knew I was the guy to beat this year. So going in with confidence and uh, I, I just knew that I was going to take it to to everybody and uh, prove, prove a point this year. Yeah, and speaking of that Levi Haynes match, you had a close match with Humphreys from Lehigh in the semis you won four three and now you got levi up next what was the perspective going into that match you seemed fired up one of the you know i'm a big penn state guy levi's awesome but it's hard not to be happy for somebody winning a national title you know i was bummed for levi but so happy for you and you could see how fired up you were putting the crown back on like you were pretty fired up what was that saturday like heading into the finals match um, I was pretty confident um, going in. I've I've watched Levi Russell before, so I know he was going to go collar tie, try to fire off his high crotch, and I knew it was going to be difficult, one, if he even got there to score on me because I feel like, besides my offense, I feel like I have great defense. Um, another aspect of my dominating season, I only gave up four points this year. Crazy. And, uh, I, I don't even know if I should have gave up those four points. <laughs> one, I had a takedown on. And my coaches threw on the brick too late and we got in a scramble and he ended up back on top in the ACC finals match against Andonian. Yeah. Um, I had like four or five takedowns, but they all kept getting erased and like, he's just so funky. The refs didn't know what to call. So uh, yeah, they, they didn't give me my takedown and we didn't challenge it fast enough. And he got that takedown. And then uh, in the semis Humphreys reversed me, but I still had his leg. So I pulled it over, but other than that, I haven't been scored on, and I knew going into the finals match that it was going to be difficult for Levi to score on me. And just from being a wrestler who's been in college six years and has that experience of grinding through every position, um, beating him in just just a few more technically sound areas that I thought I had him in, especially riding time. That's that's a huge thing when you come to college. Um, I would get beat up in the room on on top and. Um, I had a pretty good tournament riding. I rode out Humphreys for the majority of the match. So I was confident going in. I was going to try to ride him. And then uh, uh, I just wanted to wear on him until uh, stuff started opening up. And it did. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what you're saying about the Hodge, you did have an incredible season becoming a Hodge finalist. You were 23 0, 65% bonus, 0.725 RPI. And I think this year is like many other years where you have multiple people where they are dead set in their belief. I think you should be the Hodge. I think Alirez, uh, Paris, you know, Carter, all these guys. What was your gut feeling when 
you were announced as a finalist. I'm sure it wasn't wasn't a shocker. And what was your reaction when Maris when Paris got it? Um, honestly, like I was a little upset, but like I didn't care too much. I mean, it's so hard to pick nowadays. I mean, I think we had seven guys undefeated, and nothing against Yanni, but I I just feel like it was tough to put any of those guys in the running at all. We had all ten were finalists this year, and I know Yanni for sure had a loss. I think Vito and uh, there was like one or two more people at losses. Yeah, Brooks had a loss. Vito had a loss. O'Toole had a loss. And Yanni had a loss. Four of them did. So if it's most dominant season, I'm just a little confused how we could get those guys in the running when six of us went undefeated. So um, I was a little confused about that. But then again, at the end of the day, I mean, Paris did have uh, the most matches. I wish I could have had a little bit more because – I had to start the season a little bit late with my knee injury. So I think that could have helped me. But, uh, I mean, I had a great season. I finished out on top. So, I mean, I can't be complaining too much. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Yanni about it on Sunday. And it's funny because, you know, his perspective was that it's an opinion-based award. You know, it's one of those things that's cool to win. And it's super cool. And it's an honor. But it's also most kids don't grow up dreaming. I want to be a hot trophy winner. They want to be an NCAA champion. They want to be a multiple-time NCAA champion. So, I think it's fun for the fans to kind of sit there and analyze. I, I think it's super cool to be a finalist, I think, is one of those honors that this year was definitely a little quirky with having all the champs be finalists. But yeah. it was super cool, I think, the, to have such talent where you have legitimate arguments for multiple people being it. Um, one of the most, you know, you mentioned it, one of the most dominating aspects to your season was your defense the only takedown you gave up tony's fault you didn't challenge it soon enough yeah. what do you think went into and allowed you to have such a great defensive season um that's just another big part of college wrestling i mean you just gotta stay um disciplined in your stance and uh just real stingy on everything you do and i feel like i got to the level where i give up very few openings for guys to score and I, I didn't think anybody was going to be able to score on me this year just because um, I felt strong at the weight. I felt like I was technically sound. I wasn't giving up these openings and I was going to be able to capitalize on their mistakes more than they're going to be able to capitalize on mine. And the only one that really wrestled me this year, I felt that had a really good strategy was Humphreys. He didn't really attack. He didn't let me get my hands on him and uh, pull him into a front head or kind of slow him down. He kind of kept his different distance. So, I mean, I feel like that was these guys' best chance of uh, maybe sneaking a win on me. Um, it's kind of just kind of sit back a little bit and wait for something to come um, because, yeah, I mean, I was going to go after it and um, try to open up the match. Now, I say it's Tony's fault that he didn't challenge soon enough, but I do I do like Tony. Um, I'll have to take the blame a little bit for that. Too. I should <laughs> To to that effect of Tony and Scott, I know them both pretty well. They're they're good guys. Reflecting back, now you've been in college six years. You've known these guys a long time. What has your relationship been like with them? And as you look back on this collegiate career, you guys have kind of built the legacy. You're their first NCAA champion. You made history at UNC. What has that relationship been like for you? It's honestly built up over the years. Um, when I first got here, I wasn't even really Coleman's guy or Tony's guy. Um, I was around guys like Bryce Hossman and Neil Erzman. Those were the two that really recruited me here. Um, I talked to 
Coleman and Tony a little bit, but um, I just knew having them on staff, they're going to be great coaches and great people to be around and everything. But then those two coaches left and um, kind of Coleman took me under his wing and was there for anything I needed and there to help me out. And same with Tony. Tony really started helping me out. And um, I think Tony has a very similar style to mine. And I think a lot of his technique is really good. Um, he stays very positionally sound and he gives up very little openings himself. So um, just kind of translating my style into a guys like that. Has there been any stare downs in the practice room between you and Tony? Yeah, there's been a few. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the one of the things that I noticed when you know Sunday morning, as a wrestling fan, there's so many different things to take away from the the whole championship weekend. One of the things that I noticed right away was the parity with conferences. You had Big Ten with three champions, EIWA with three, ACC with two, and Big Twelve with two. And it's kind of the first time we've really seen like an equal split amongst four different conferences. You obviously being a big part of that, you know, being another champion for the ACC again. Have you had time to really reflect on that and kind of your impact and in, in helping really kind of grow the ACC? You know, we're seeing over the last couple of years, we're seeing audiences tune in. We're seeing the stands fill up more and more. There's more of a buzz around ACC wrestling. Have you kind of reflected at all yet on your part of all that? A little bit. I mean, I was definitely more honed in on building our legacy as a school for UNC. But at the same time, I started noticing these guys around me. And um, I mean, we definitely have a bunch of stare downs between other teams, too. I mean, <laughs> we want to rip each other's heads off when we go out onto the mat. But then at the national tournament, you kind of start realizing you start rooting for these guys and you want them to do good as well. Um, so, I mean, we've always had a tough conference. Like the second I got here, I had multiple guys in my weight class every year, all American. Um, and I think we're starting to make a big impact of, uh, ACC wrestling's on the rise and hopefully maybe we make a big enough impact to where we could even grow the sport more and add some ACC colleges. So we have more than six. Yeah. And Shout out Rock. He's doing an amazing job on commentary and really focusing in on these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it, you talk about UNC legacy, you're definitely you know established there. The last time UNC had a multi had an NCAA champion at all was also multiple times. Today Jaworski mm -hmm. was a champion 93, 94, 95. And now UNC has another champion and again a multiple time champion. You're established in the history books, you have the legacy as you close the chapter now on your collegiate career, what is the attention change to for you? Um, For me, at least for a year, it's going to be coaching and giving back. I want to be able to come in the practice room and help all these guys get to where I was. Um, We came here. I came here to change the program and the coaches got here the year before me with the expectation of changing the program. And I was the first building block to do that. And, I mean, just in the six years that I've been here and the seven years they've been here, our programs kind of did full turnaround and yep. um, it's kind of producing results now. So um, we want to continue that going forward. And um, we got some good guys coming in. The last class that we just got in last year, um, we got some hammers in that class. So uh, I'm really excited to see what they could do next year and uh, 
yeah, just kind of keep helping them out and keep building to the legacy. Is there still plans for Italy? I know the last time you were on here a couple of years ago, you talked about possibly competing for Italy in the future. Is that still on the table? I don't think so. I think after coaching, I'm going to try to do some MMA in my free time. So if I can find like a local gym around here or something, uh, I'm going to start picking that up. But with COVID and everything, it was just kind of complicated process of getting my citizenship. And I don't know, at this time, I don't know if it's even worth it anymore. So. Yeah, for sure. Another thing about your future that I know a lot of people are anticipating, UFC was baiting you into it the other day. They showed the takedown. You said the time is coming, the time is near, something along those lines. What are your MMA plans? I know you just mentioned you want to you know, try to start training a little bit. Have you solidified a full game plan or is it kind of a take it slowly type thing? Um, to kind of take it slowly. I mean, I'd like to get a job here for a year and um, if I get a job here, I'm fully invested in helping these guys do better. But I mean, I've had handled the workload of school, wrestling and everything else for years. So I don't think it will be that hard to find a little free time to go train. It'll, my entire day will just pretty much be training. It's either to come in and help these guys um, or I mean, just stay in shape, really. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be a hard transition. Yeah, and when you're seeing the success, we're seeing so many wrestlers. I feel like it's such a common theme lately on the podcast. You're seeing all the success, all these wrestlers in MMA. Does that further kind of scratch the itch of wanting to get in an octagon? It doesn't seem like you're too, I need to go fight tomorrow. It seems like it's kind of in the distance. What is that What is that desire like? Especially, again, you just wrapped up such an amazing collegiate career that you have the same goal for so long. And now I got to imagine it's a bit of a change to go to start thinking of other, other challenges. Yeah. Um, I definitely think wrestling is going to kind of take over the UFC. I mean, we've already had multiple, um, um, champs. So, uh, I think it's just going to continue to grow from here on out, but I got to be smart about it too. Um, I mean, you see guys like, Aaron Pico kind of started out too hot and kind of had to take a seat back. But um, yeah, my plan always was I'm going to get an MMA, but I want to take it slow and do it right. So um, I know I'm going to be good. I just it's going to take some time to kind of transition over a little bit. But um, as long as I don't rush it, I think I'm going to be successful. And I think coaching next year and just kind of being able to start picking stuff up is just going to be a good year for me to grow. Yeah, no, for sure. And you have this strong drive to coaching. Has that been there for a while or did that kind of slowly evolve throughout your collegiate career? Yeah, so I've always loved coaching. I mean, even when I was young, I was helping the younger guys coach when I was in like sixth grade. I was always helping the younger kids. Um, and then after I won my first national title, I actually got hit up to do a bunch of camps and um, just kind of flew all over the country. I think I did 13 camps that year. So I was just like right. literally flying around all all over the country for the whole year. Um, so this year I kind of had to limit it a little bit because 13 was a little bit of much. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, um, I think all the kids picked up on the stuff pretty good. So I, I liked it a lot. Speaking of coaches, one of my favorite coaches in the sport, Izzy Martinez, Izzy Style, a guy you know very well. When you look back on having coaches like Izzy, you know, we mentioned Tony and Scott and UNC coaches looking back further, you know, you you're from Illinois. Izzy was your coach before college. 
How has that helped you throughout your career? And you kind of look back on your time with guys like Izzy. Yeah, um, I think that's one of the things that's kind of made me successful is you have to like see what's going to get you to the next level. And I knew he was one of the people that um, were going to be a part of that. I knew what he was doing was good. He was growing the, um, his club down in Illinois. So um, having him around me, my high school coach, Dan Manzella, who competed for U of I and um, everybody else that I had around me, they were the right uh, building tools to get to where I needed to be. What was it like wrestling Will Luan in the quarterfinals? You guys used to battle back at the Z, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was pretty confident in that matchup. Um, I kind of knew what Will had to offer. He was gonna wrestle hard. He's I mean, he he might be the wrestler with the most overtime wins I've ever seen. Oh, so. he was. He was like nine, like eleven matches or something crazy. I think overtime the year step. before, yeah. The year before he had like at the NCAA tournament, he had like six overtime wins or something <laughs> along. So, um, I've I've just always known how Will wrestled, and I I think I've always had his number growing up too. I think I beat him a few times, and but the practice room battles, I mean, that kid has no quitting him. So, um, I think wrestling him in practice was ever was always tougher than wrestling him in a match. <laughs> this kid would just go nonstop, forty five minutes an hour, like no quitting him. So, um lucky we only had to do it for seven minutes <laughs> you know it is such a testament to izzy and what he's growing there that here two of his club kids are now wrestling the ncaa quarterfinals as you look back on your collegiate career are there any matches like that that kind of stick out whether it's opponent specific matches anything along those lines um not too much i mean i definitely always remember my losses uh and then I, I, I've always I've wrestled for twenty years. So I mean, I've had a lot of matches that um, I don't know, just that have gone well. So I don't know. It is crazy to me that in three years, the last three years, I think you've had like three losses. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you had what two, both years you were champion you were undefeated and then you had only a couple losses in 2022 absolutely crazy 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 career um so now you're going to spend some time coaching you have any freestyle competitions at all coming up or are you just going to kind of lay low and coach no I, I don't think i'm going to compete anymore for wrestling i think i'm done with my wrestling career um I'm just going to help these guys out, stay in the room and help coach. But like I said, I think in my free time, I'm going to try to transition to MMA. Maybe, you know, Bo's got that top team gym up in uh, State College. Maybe we get one at UNC. We'll start getting a couple different uh, wrestling MMA schools down the East Coast. That'd be that'd be good stuff. The wrestlers uh, in MMA has been so fun to watch. I know uh, Bryce Meredith makes his MMA debut with Bellator. Friday night, he's 3-0. He's wrestling. He's like a minus 1,400 favorite, which mm. says a lot. So, all right, Austin O'Connor, any final words here before I let you go? Uh, just to touch on that, too. I think what wrestling in the UFC is doing is uh, huge, and I think if it's only going to continue to grow wrestling. So I think it's good for our brand that we're pushing these guys to be fighters as well. But at the same time, I think to keep people in the sport, I be nice to see a little bit of an increase in money for uh the top guys that are competing because i mean it's it's going to be hard to keep guys in wrestling if uh yeah. the the payout's bigger in the ufc 
Yeah, I definitely think you're going to start seeing where you have years like right now where you might have a guy go world and Olympic in the 2024 and then go to the Olympic or then go right into MMA, you know, around that 25, 26, 27 years old mark where you do the trajectory for success in MMA, whether it's financial, whether it's brand opportunities, brand growth is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that there's going to be growth in wrestling from people that want to do MMA that say, I got to do wrestling because if I wrestle, I'm going to have better success later on in MMA. So it's going to be interesting to watch it play out over the long run, you know, the next 10, 15 years. Let's kind of see what happens there. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So awesome. Um, Austin O'Connor, I'm excited for your future. I think it's going to be very fun stuff when you get into that octagon, whenever it may be. I'm sure we'll have you back on here. Maybe around the time you make that debut. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, call. Um, I'll be ready. Awesome, man. Sounds good. Thanks for making the time today. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. See you man. And the beat goes on.